Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Alberta and COVID, one year later on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott with you. It's 134 in Edmonton. Again, uh, the one year anniversary of uh, the official state of emergency that was declared due to the pandemic and all day today on uh, 630 Chad Chorus here in Edmonton. Uh, we'll have sort of a, a look back at the year that has been. And we're going to continue down that path uh, a bit with our next guest as uh, we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. And we are pleased to welcome back to the show longtime NHL executive now with Sportsnet, Michael, uh, Mike Feuda. Mike, it's Bob Stoffer. How are you? Good stuff. How are you doing? Good. Uh, yeah, long time no chat. Uh, hey, uh, just just before we get to sort of the fun stuff, though, it's not that fun for a couple teams in the league. Uh, the whole world's sort of been turned upside down, and you know what? You can relate to this, and you don't have to say who it was with, but uh, for our listeners, they should know you were with the LA Kings for a long time, and you've had opportunities to interview with a couple NHL organizations. And how dramatically has that end of the hockey business changed uh, uh, from uh, from your end in terms of uh, how you had to do those sort of things? Oh, zoom, zoom, zoom. It's, uh, it's incredible to think. I mean, I, I personally, I mean, the, the last time I, when I interviewed in person was actually with, with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, with uh, Mr. Nicholson, it was refreshing to sit across from somebody and talk hockey, and uh, you know, feel the nuance, feel the emotion, and uh, and the couple that I've partaken in since then have been numerous Zoom calls where you've got, uh, I mean, I'll I'll be dating myself, but the screen looks like the Brady Bunch because you got you got six faces staring at you. You got an, an owner's son in one corner and. So it's been quite unique doing these things all through uh, all through computer and uh, not having the ability to cross the border to go down and interview in person. So it's a new world, but it is what it is. We'll get through it. Uh, so Marsha, 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 was that hexy, hexy, hexy? <laughs> that it was. <laughs> no, it was Berkey, Berkey, Berkey. Oh, so, there. We anyway. Well, well uh, I guess I should mention we had Berkey on the show. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, if you start making a regular appearance, you might end up uh, being the president of a team somewhere. Uh, Mike yeah, Pugh to join us. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, all right. So yeah, it, it is a different world, and it's changed every aspect. I mean, I, with your work in Sportsnet, are you now? in studio or are you doing that some of that stuff with zoom as well 
at all. It's all in studio, so that's why I'm actually on my way down there. But it's uh, it's so spread out. I mean, everybody's there's only about. I mean, like Caroline's been the host every time I've been on. She's unbelievably. But everybody's in a mask. Everybody's kind of far apart from one another. Like I'm in. I'm off on one island in the corner, and she's up on the like on some balcony. So there, everybody's been very, very spread out. I, I think on Saturday nights when they've got the uh, Ron McLean in the group, I think there's there's a few more people in studio, and you see they're a little closer around the tables. But just in general, you've got to go in and you get to you know you get get tested, you got to have your mask on and stuff like that. So it's very, they're certainly taking it very seriously. Uh, I had a person that was in the mix for one of the jobs in Pittsburgh say to me, you know, Stoff, one of the things that you can't do is you can't over-evaluate what happened in the bubble during the playoffs. And he's saying this from an organization that performed quite well and went fairly far. So, uh, and, and I, I mean, from your perspective, when you sit there and you, you look at organizations that are, that are challenged and distressed at, at certain times, do you have to take into consideration the effect that the pandemic's had on the game, do you think, Mike? Well, I, I think it's, I mean, cop-out's not a fair term, but everybody's playing by the same rules, right? I mean, I think, unfortunately, some teams got hit harder early. I mean, I think... Uh, there was somebody. I think Dallas was the biggest, biggest team that kind of had yeah. the blanket right out of the gate, and they you know, kind of messed their schedule up. And that was a team that was, you know, I mean, I think they were six and zero out of the gate, and then it's just. But everybody's under the same thing, and I think everybody knew the rules coming into it. I think some guys are using it as a bigger excuse than others. Um, I think the one part that is going to be unique down the stretch is if, I mean, if you're a team that's. It's just the owners just are not in a place to financially want to add salaries. I mean, whether that's not just an executive thing, that's a decision to be made uh, if you're trying to make a trade or trying to make your team better. I mean, obviously you've got certain organizations that that's not going to affect these to be like the Toronto Maple Leafs or anything like that, but there are some places that the owners are hurting, hurting to an extent that I'm sure they're not ready to add salaries during this year or and they're probably more more adamant about cutting salaries under the certain the circumstances that we're playing under. You mentioned uh, that you spoke to Bob Nicholson about Edmonton's position a couple of years ago. Ultimately, that went to Ken Holland. A lot of people have drawn a parallel between Edmonton and Buffalo. Uh, suffice to say, this season their records are in different places. Are the organizations in different places, in your opinion? You need to get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, they are. One one organization's run. I mean, there's part of the part of the parcel. I'm gonna try and take as positive spin as this I can. Yep. Is that when I lose out on an opportunity to Ken Holland, who's a Hall of Famer, you just you take you just you just call and say congratulations, Ken. I mean, yeah. it, it, okay, but when when the process is marginal, it's flawed and I mean there's the difference you've got a Hall of Famer running one organization and a, and Kevin Adams who by all accounts is a wonderful guy he was a great player everybody sees a great teammate it's just a very difficult job to learn on the fly with no history or background at any level in management so yeah I think they're definitely ahead in different directions and uh, because one is a Hall of Famer who and even as a Hall of Famer surrounds himself with great hockey people and another guy, whether it's, I mean, I could be way off if he's been told by his ownership group that they can't hire anybody, but I think I think Devin would be best served to surround himself with some people that can help him through this and with the experience 
with experience in that kind of position uh, and helping him move forward. I wasn't trying to get you to try because it's funny. I mean, I, I looked at you know, and I had this conversation with, with certain people behind the scenes, and it's like we could be in a tough situation for a couple of years in Edmonton because there wasn't a lot of cap flexibility. There is, ironically, like here's the thing, Mike. I've only got the Oilers sort of as a, uh, and 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 I'm going to be cautious so I don't come across as you know being a braggart as as an Oilers entertainment group guy. I think Edmonton's like an eight through fifteen team in the league this year. I think the cap flexibility and the options the Oilers have in the offseason coming up should allow Edmonton to become a top 10 team or possibly even a top, you know, five or six team, an elite team, you know, because they've got some other pieces coming on defense. Uh, Paul Yarby and Yamamoto on the right side, and obviously they got two of the best players in the world, but they can add, right? That's This is the summer that Edmonton can make some moves and add and improve and have more players. And conversely, I look at the situation in Buffalo, and I don't know from afar. I'm looking at it going, I don't know what the solution is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, are they going to have to trade Jack Eichel, their best player? You know, they're stuck with Jeff. And I guess that's where I'm kind of coming from on that. I'd like to get your uh, opinion on it. Well, everybody has their albatross contracts, right? Right. For, for, for one thing, there's no chance I'm trading Jack Eichel from a position of weakness. And that's exactly what they're in right now. I think the Vultures will be just. You know, every, everybody will be calling Kevin and being his best friend. And I, let me do you a favor. Let me get Jack Eichel off your hands. That's not happening. It shouldn't happen, anyways. Um, their contract, it's their albatross is Skinner, obviously. Uh, Kevin Adams did that, that was signed by the previous management, but it's immovable. And it's, uh, I mean, when you see him, and, I, and that's a tough one for me because the one thing is that Skinner is not a bad kid. Um, it's a terrible contract. But when you see that play last night where he's going in on a three on O, like this is a this was a guy that scored sixty in the O and forty in the NHL and he basically dumps it in the corner. Now you're talking about a kid that's confidence is shattered. So and I'm sure hell you know, when he's being healthy scratch, it's not helping him get out of the you know, that's not gonna help get out of the contract. Now you know, in Edmonton's case, I mean and it wasn't Ken's deal. I mean, for me the Albatross contract was the goaltender and it's not an. I mean, again, I've talked to you about this before. I, I just, it's not that I don't dislike, just like the goalie. I just dislike the contract. Uh, we had a shot at him for close to a million dollars in Los Angeles a couple years earlier when he was playing in Russia, and we had went in another direction. And so for him to come in on such a small, small window of success when he came in, and I know, I, I know, I've heard the story that it's hard for the Oilers to, you know, sure. the free agent goaltenders might not feel as rosy about the city of Edmonton as the guys did in the Gretzky area. So it, it, there's a recruiting factor about getting the top players to come there, which to me doesn't make any sense at all, but it is a factor if it is a factor. But I just think that contract, that's not something Kent Holland ever would have touched. And uh, when I look at the big boys and the Canadian division this year under all these different circumstances, I just see such a, like, I would think, and I'm again, I'm not trying to be any negative when you get through a game where the Oilers' goaltending is outstanding, you're probably a bit surprised and happy and you're pinching yourself. It's not something like you're throwing a guy out on a nightly basis and you know exactly what you're getting. And that just is what it is. It doesn't. Mike Smith's a tremendous pro. Koskinen is a terrific pro. But it's the same thing in, in Ottawa right now. If DJ gets a great goaltending performance, it's like a big... Whew, you know, right. It's not something you're. It's not a guarantee. Whereas when we were on a roll in 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 Los Angeles, you were absolutely shocked when Jonathan Quick 
pitch the B or C game. It was, you just thought you're get you're getting A's, A's nightly, 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 and I think that's kind of what. Uh, you know that's what Calgary's hoping they're going to get from Markstrom as Daryl does his, you know Daryl does his. <laughs> we used to we asked Daryl Sutter how many games are you going to play Jonathan Quick this year and he said 82. <laughs> so it's kind of a he likes to write his starting goaltenders and again that doesn't I think that's changing a little bit because you need to have two especially with the the threat of COVID and sickness you actually need a pretty decent third one but I just think that's an area that once Kenny's allowed to uh, solidify his goaltending with the guy that he wants and it, it, it could be you know it's not that those guys have to go but one certainly has to be paid less um, I think that's going to really solidify that core group and and the future of the Oilers being very successful. Well, and this is where I mentioned they've got uh, Smith Steele is up at the end of the season. He's performed quite well to this point. He's you know he's sitting at a nine twenty save percentage. Mike yeah, uh, Kos- Koskinen's at nine hundred. He's he probably played too much at the start. They also have Stalock, and they have Koskinen Stalock carrying forward. And you know they're going to add somebody that's probably better than Koskinen or Stalock in the offseason. I think that's a given uh, for Edmonton. Uh, so the Oilers are in the mix uh, for a. A playoff spot at this time. You mentioned Daryl Sutter. You have experience with Daryl. Uh, was there any? Con- I mean, he's 62. Was there any concern from you? There, there are some people out there that say you can't regurgitate these coaches. I'm personally not of that school. Just to establish, I think smart people evolve. You have way more history and knowledge of them than I do. So tell our listeners about Daryl Sutter and why Calgary is going to be a competitive team under his watch. For one thing, he's brilliant. I mean, he, 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 I think some people think there's a bit of a farmer there, the way he handles his press conference. He knows exactly what he's doing at every second. Um, and every every press conference has a purpose. Every question that he answers has a purpose, whether he's trying to leave a message. or. Uh, and for me, I guess it's because I've seen it before. I mean, we are a ninth-place team. You know, the felt we were grossly underachieving, and and I give Dean Lombardi credit because at the time it was a hugely flawed move. Like the media was all over it, and he had history with Daryl, and it was the same thing. It was a, it was like almost the trilling uh, press conference where there was only one name on the list, and and Dean went the center route, and I was like, whoa! And then he comes in, and all of a sudden the accountability factor with your team is just through the roof, and it's and he's hard. Uh, I think uh, he's hard on the players. There's certain players that I, I'm sure had nightmares while it was going. You know, like I mean, Dustin Brown, for example, it was exceptionally difficult on Dustin. Uh, Daryl wrote him hard, and he was our captain. And arguably, we had eight captains in that dressing room, so they were allowed to pick up Dustin's spirits. But you know, it, it was a tough ride for him. Uh, but Daryl got the job done. He was, I think, in the first Stanley Cup, he was our captain. And I think in, by the time we won our second Stanley Cup, there were enough guys that were prepared to lead the ship that he could sit back and allow them to be leaders. But you just see the way he is on the bench, and there's an accountability factor. Like, I, I talked about this the other day, Stoff, that like Montreal's made a change, and I think Ducharme is an amazing – and he's got every right to be an Oscar Hockey coach. But I'm of the thinking – I've never seen a successful uh, – a team get the results that they wanted when they move a guy four feet down the bench um, in the in the middle of the season, and say that they want a new voice because the players have heard that voice, and it could have a the voice could have a different system. It could have a different. But now you've got guys that, generally speaking, the assistant coaches, the guys that the guys have always gone to, uh, you know, when the head coach is hard on them, he's picked up their you know picked up their spirits. Um, 
you know, kick their butts when they needed it. But now all of a sudden, you're four feet to the left, and you got to be the you got to be the hard knocks guy. The players, it is still the same voice. It's just a different message being delivered, and I I think that it'll be interesting. I mean, I hope it works out. I mean, I'm I, I mean I love Burge, but I just think two teams make coaching changes. One shuffled the deck, and one dropped a nuclear option. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, and now you're seeing, I mean, again, I don't think, I mean, Daryl's 3-0, it hasn't been, the first two games weren't pretty, but those were two games that under the previous group, and it's again, it's no knock on Jeff Ward, they would have found a way to lose those two games, as opposed to Daryl, just you can see when he does that thing with his hand on the bench, I wish he didn't have the mask on, well, he actually doesn't have it on, it's, it's more like a chin strap, the way he's wearing it, but <laughs> the, facial, the facial expression when he gets that hand, it's oh, like, I know. let's go, oh. let's go, let's go, let's move, let's move, and then when he lays a hand on you on the bench, it's like a two by four, like it's, yes. it's, it's, it's like, there's such, there's one thing, the farmer strength that he has, and I, and I also believe that, I mean, you know, Chris Sutter is, you know, his, his son, and he's, the kid is just a wonderful, wonderful kid, but he's a special needs kid, and I think Daryl, having been a parent, there's such patience between him and Juan of, the, the, of being a parent, and that's kind of one of Daryl's strengths, is almost like being a parent to these players and really caring about them as people and families, and sure, he's going to kick your ass, but he's also, he's also going to want to know how your kids are doing and how the family's doing, and he means it. It's not lip service. I mean, uh, he's he's just a special, special person. Who I think, I mean, I don't, I do think he's quote unquote quote they have a shelf life. Um, but I also think that he's a smart enough hockey guy, and just a, as I said, I, I believe he's a. I don't throw the word brilliant. I think he's a brilliant hockey mind. That there is going to be some change in the um, way Daryl communicates to the players. Not the not the overall message or the persona or the impact, but I, I mean, I think everybody knows, I mean, especially particularly what, you know, what the Calgary Flames went through, of, you know, I don't even know the specifics, but under the, with the Bill Peters incident, right? he's going to, he's going to evolve enough to know there's a line that you don't cross. Sure. Um, and some of the old school coaches might've, you know, their, their, their verbose might've been a little bit different, a little more difficult. And I think, He's not going to cross that line, but he's still going to get the message across like only Daryl Sutter can. And he, I tell you, I mean, I've talked to a couple of guys, like, I mean, Mark Giordano and Luch, and they're just like, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, it's unbelievable. The, just the, the accountability. And, the, and it's funny because he's preaching. Everybody says they look slow. He really preaches play fast. Play fast. Like, get the puck out of your own end. Play fast. So it's an adjustment, but they're tightening up. They've won a couple big games, and uh, I mean, it's going to be tough now. They get on. I think they're on the road here shortly, and they've got the Leafs, which they're kind of like a, a wounded rattlesnake right now. So that'll be a good test for them. But you clearly see that the nuclear option—that's truly a culture change. Yes. Right, and it's either going to succeed, or they're going to know that that core needs to be blown up. That they just can't do it. Mike, great stuff. Uh, love watching you on Sportsnet. Let's do this again, okay? Absolutely, Stolf. Be good, my friend. Take care. You bet. That is Mike Futa. He is the former assistant general manager of the Los Angeles Kings, won two Stanley Cups there in 2012. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. And in 2014, was in the mix, uh, was interviewed for the job in Edmonton, obviously Pittsburgh as well. Uh, you can text us at any time in the Ashley Fine Floors text line. we got a ton of business to take care of. We will start by telling you Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of the 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation, Royal Pizza, the Mediterranean Chicken into NHL Today for elite promotional marketing, company-branded apparel, products and awards, all created in-house. Shop local at ElitePromoMarketing.com. Back in the 630 Chad Studios, big part of the show, Brendan Escott. Seven of the nine scheduled games will proceed tonight. None of them in the Canadian division, though. So tomorrow we will get, of course, another battle of Alberta in the late game. That is after Ottawa hosts Vancouver. Winnipeg will entertain Montreal. Alex Ovechkin tying Phil Esposito for six. Sixth on the NHL's all-time goal-scoring list last night. He scored his 717th. Uh, sadly, 19-year-old Russian uh, Timur Fezutinov, uh, he passed away this morning after being struck in the head by a puck during a game on Friday. It was a battle all weekend to try and take him off life support, and ultimately he was not able to prevail. On the waiver wire today, Mikhail Grigorenko, Jimmy VC, Paul Byron, and Anton Forsberg. Bakersfield Condor starting another back-to-back set against the San Jose Barracuda. They are on the road aiming for a ninth consecutive win. Oil Kings have three games in three days coming up against Red Deer. It starts on Friday. Carter Savoy, the lone goal, but the Denver Pioneers, Bob, fell 2-1 in overtime to top-seeded North Dakota in the NCHC tournament yesterday. And Dylan Holloway in Wisconsin ended up going to overtime against Penn State in the Big Ten Championship Tournament. They pulled out a 5-4 comeback win without the services of Holloway. It's because he was ejected for a hit to the head in the third period. And I don't know if he's going to play today in the uh, game. I don't have verification. I, I believe I was told as of this morning he was expected to play. He thought he was going to play. Just will tell you, speaking of playing, the Oilers are hitting the ice here shortly in Calgary. Uh, Chris Russell, Ethan Bear, Tyson Berry, Jujar Kairat not expected to skate today. Russell's been nursing an injury. Bear got drilled a couple times yesterday. Barry did not finish the game, nor did Kairat. Uh, Kyle Turris, uh, close to returning the team. Um, and we might see uh, Dominic uh, Cahoon potentially at some stage uh, maybe reunited with Leon Dreisaitl and Kyler Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins back with McDavid and Paul Yarby. So we'll wait to see. Uh, Devin Shore is going to pop in the middle, too, if uh, Kara can't go. All right, uh, on to NHL. That was NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Off to this day in Oilers history. Brought to you each day by Dennis and Jason Laliberti and the team at New West Travel. Brandon Escott. 1994, good year. Uh, the Oilers and Lightning play to a 4-4 tie at the Thunderdome in Tampa, Florida. Nine different Oilers accounting for those nine different points. Bill Ranford turned aside 40 of 41 of 45 shots, and they had 52 penalty minutes handed out in the second period alone of this game. Ah, uh, that's nothing. Come on, man. February 28th, 1990, there was like 400 penalty minutes in the game. Uh <laughs> Why was that? Were you born in '94, Brendan? Let me guess. Is that is that why it was a good year? Yeah, good call. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was a good year if you're a Rangers fan. Uh, not if you're a Canucks fan, but uh, Mark Messier getting it done. Coming up today on 6:30 Chat Afternoons, Jalen and I is going to be talking uh, with experts in intensive care medicine, retail, and home about the ways the pandemic has shaped the past year of our lives. Of course, it's the one-year anniversary of. Uh, 
going into a state of emergency. Dr. Peter Brindley, a full-time critical care physician at the U of A Hospital, is up first after the 2 o'clock uh, Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight, 6 to 8. Brendan, you got any idea what he's got shaking? Oh, you betcha. It's a busy show. He's uh, going to chat with 2021 Briar champion Brendan Botcher, as well as uh, NHL Hockey on Rogers analyst Kelly Rudy, former Edmonton football team running back and fullback Calvin McCarty. You will hear from uh, former U of A Pandas hockey player Alex Poznikoff on uh, being pulled away from the Nationals tournament last year because of the pandemic, as well as friend of the show, Oilers season ticket holder, Brenda Hunka, and football Edmonton football team uh, season ticket holder, uh, Vic Sloboda. They'll be talking about uh, just sort of being season ticket holders and not actually being able to go to the games. Barry and Brenda Hunka, they've been on uh, numerous Oiler Now road trips over the year. we got to keep an eye on uh, Barry in particular. He runs pretty hard. Love it. Up tomorrow, Brian Lott from NHL Network for Mattress Superstar David Staples, Cult Hockey, NHL Insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling, complete preview of uh, the Battle of Alberta uh, Game 2. Going to be some changes to the Oilers lineup. Again, up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chip afternoons with Jalen and I. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.